Your Money Replay from Money FM 89.3. Money and Me on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. I wanted to speak with my guest this morning because I read an article of his online, and there was a line in the article that said, What most young people may not realize is that insurance can play an important role in helping them to be financially successful. And I think it's so great in Singapore that you can enter NS and then be exposed to the world of insurance and you're at a time of your life where you're exploring your options. And here is this core insurance, SAF Group Insurance, offered to all SAF and MINDEF personnel uh, that is renewed automatically every year once you're within the scheme, covers you for an amount of up to a million dollars until the age of 70. So it's just great because it's like an open door to the world of insurance. But how can you make the most of that opportunity? You need to understand the insurance that you already have before you go out and shop for more insurance uh, to buffer up your protection and also to help you build your wealth. So I thought I'd invite the writer of that blog post in to tell me a little bit more about his ideas. And he's back for part two. Lee Meng Cho is Financial Services Director of the Gen Group. How are you, Meng Cho? Very happy to be back. Well, thank you for coming by. So let's start. We're going to talk a little later about the human life value and you're going to walk us through a calculator. And I think that number is going to be useful for people to understand how much insurance coverage they need, which is a great question to answer. But first up, I wonder if we can share with our listeners today a little of the highlights of what we discussed in an earlier program about army insurance. (laughs) Yeah, why not? Let's do a a small recap on what we covered the last session, which is really on NS insurance. The actual word is called MINDEF MHA Group Insurance. So this is a group insurance scheme that covers people who are serving in these two organisations. So when we say it covered the people serving in this, we actually includes people in the army, in the navy, in the air force, in the police, the civil defence. So all of these people will be covered under this scheme. So this insurance scheme has two components. The first one is what they call a core component. So in our simple language, free insurance. Free? Yes, for the first $150,000. But this will only be for people who are currently in service. That means the National Service boys who are doing the two-year term, Mm -hmm. those who are literally organising the National Day Parade for us, or even when people are going back for their reserves during the reserves period, they are covered for the $150,000. In the event of death, you're covered up to of $150,000. But if you wanted to increase that coverage, you can up to a million? Yes, so they have the voluntary option for you to increase it up to a million dollars. And the big advantage of why this is important to most people is that the pricing-wise, because it's a group insurance scheme, uh, there's economies of scale, it's cheaper if you were to do it through a group insurance than to buy your own policy. That's why the premiums are so low. And that is why it's relevant to most of the listeners. And... I understand there are riders and you can sort of upgrade so you can cover critical illness as well? Yeah, so that insurance has a base of covering for life, death coverage. There are four other things you can add on, critical illness, early critical illness, disability income and personal accidents. Okay. And do you think a lot of guys in the army um, just, you know, ignore the letters that come in? It's automatic renewal, right? You get enrolled in when you're in service, yes, and then it gets renewed. But the moment you leave service, the coverage will stop. Okay. And what are your options then? 
you can then voluntarily pay extra money and then get it covered continuously. Okay, and I, I have a feeling most people just look away or aren't aware. They are, they are yeah. not aware and I think this boils down to a basic mistake most people make in yeah. thinking about insurance and that is they think of insurance in terms of probability and not consequence. So let's use this example. Every morning when I fetch my kids to school, I buckle them up and I buckle them up not because of the probability of having an accident because the risk is low. Mm. I buckle them up because of consequence that if in fact, I mean, God forbid, an accident happens, I don't want them to be unbuckled. So it was always about consequence. But when we bring the topic of coverage and insurance to a 21-year-old, 22-year-old person, they will always think the probability of anything happening to me is low. So why would I want to buy insurance or even any insurance for that matter? I don't think anything will happen to me. I think I will live forever. And when I was 21 years old, I was thinking that way too as well. (laughs) So there is a reason for that. But what we try to do in financial planning is we go back to the facts, we go back to real life, and then we say that yes, the probability is low, but there is still a probability. And when an incident happens, the loss is real. And that's the consequence we are talking about. Okay, so just to be clear, you can continue this term insurance yes. after you leave NS and the premiums still stay relatively low because Very, it's group insurance. Up to age 65 is the same premium. So it doesn't increase with age until age 65. Oh, I wish I could sign up for so this. So for example, a 20-year-old could buy a million dollars of coverage at just $40 a month. Okay, that's great to bring that home like that. (laughs) So you wrote in your article, which is terrific, by the way, what is SAF Group Insurance? You talk about protecting one's human life value. And you say this is one of the best users of the MINDEF and MHA group insurance plan. Tell us more. It's just that I was looking at the different types of insurance a person can get. Yeah. And we look at this particular scheme. It does a few things. Number one, it covers you to up to a big amount at a low premium with one additional thing. The coverage stops at age 70. So if you think of the type of insurance needs a person will have, you need insurance to cover maybe before 70 and insurance that you will need to cover you after 70. So for the purpose of less talking about this, so the insurance that you will need before 70 will typically for, let's say, the three L's. If you sit down with your financial planner, you ask him, how much insurance should I get? They say, okay, let me do some calculation for you. And the three L's they will go for will be number one, liabilities. How much do you owe the bank? And then we want to make sure that there's enough insurance to cover you should anything happens because a debt should not outlive the person who took it. Yes. You can't pass on debts, by yeah, the way. We you do not want to do that, although you know, some people may think the other The second L will be love, right? Who do you love financially? Who do you give an allowance to every month? And those will be the people you want to take care of. And these two, every financial planner will be able to sit down and go through a process and calculate that out for you. But what I think is very underappreciated is the third L, and that's the loss of the human life value. Because that is not talked about. It is not just about how much loans you have, how much allowance you give to your family, but what will you really, really lose if you're no longer around? Okay, so this is different from supporting your loved ones left behind. Or actually, it's linked to it, isn't it? Let me use this example. So let's say, um, and this this is a real life case. Okay. A 25-year-old yeah. uh, just got married with his wife and then we talked about getting you proper coverage 
to make sure that you're financially protected. And this is what they might think, not everyone, but some do think that way. They say, look, yeah, I just bought a house, an HDB, I took a loan of $300,000 and I want insurance to cover that. So that's $300,000. And then they say, what about providing for your wife? And this is what they might say. They say, um, if I'm not around, my wife can still work. She probably doesn't need me to take care of. And then they will just think, okay, then I'll just do 300000 of coverage just to satisfy the bank. But this same person, if he were involved in a car accident and someone was responsible and he wants to seek compensation, he wouldn't seek compensation based on $300,000. He'll seek at a much higher amount. And what would that amount be? He would go and calculate what, what is his human life value and based on that amount, seek compensation from. So this is the amount of financial loss that your loved ones would incur if you were to pass away, right? Yes. Okay, so how do we go about figuring out a human life value? I know you have a calculator that your article links to, which is great. I used it. <laughs> it's very simple. We actually do not need a financial planner to do it. Anyone can do it. This so, is <laughs> so simple ex- thinking exercise we can do now. Just I just use a hypothetical example. Let's assume a person earns $3,000 a month. Got it. He's 25 years old. He thinks he can probably work for another 30 years. And that's reasonable. Right? 25 years old, I work for 30 years. I be, I'm 55. That's how long I can work. Assuming he works for a terrible boss that doesn't give him a pay increment at all. So he's just 3000 a month flat for the next 30 years. He would have earned a total of $1.08 million over his lifetime. Wow. All of us are walking millionaires. Wow. But we do not think about this because we did not sit down and calculate it out. And because we do not recognize the fact that we are walking millionaires or even multi-millionaires, we sometimes do not take the importance of insurance seriously because we don't see there's a loss. But think about it this way. If you have a handbag, there's a million dollars and you're carrying around with you, you'll be very careful where you put the handbag, right? Yeah, you, you come might on, probably get security. <laughs> Calculate your human life value. Heaps of fun. Annual income or monthly income multiplied by years to retirement. Yes. That's it. We call it work expectancy. How many more years do you expect to work? If you want to be really specific, you've got to take tax into account. No? You can take tax, you can add inflation, but that gives you a sense of actually how much you should really be insured for. That is such a great, <laughs> simple rule of thumb. Okay, I'm going to use it. Um, can you share with us how it can impact our plans of growing our wealth in the long run, this human life value? When we talk about human life value, it's really about protection. It's really about insurance, protecting what you have. And when it comes to financial planning, insurance plays a part. And let's say financial planning is a game you play to win. You do not win just because you score 10 points or 8 goals. You win because you score more goals than your opponents. So good, sound financial management requires two things. Number one, you know how to grow your money. And second, you need to protect your downside risk. And we're talking about risks that no one has any control over. No one can say for sure how long they will leave, will they lose their health? But we know that there is a risk there, it's low, but it can happen. So we need to have both of these. And what happens is when people have good risk management and some manage, risk management in place, they're able to take more risk and even be more aggressive in their investments and growing their wealth. Yeah, yeah I believe you're right. This yeah. is about self-awareness, Yeah, right? So uh, what happens when people neglect the human life value in your experience? Almost always, they underinsure. They insure what they owe the bank. They don't insure what they are really worth. Oh, okay, okay. And I think that's the big idea I, I wanted to put in the article and come here to share with the listeners. That's great. I think we've done that. <laughs> I think we've done it really well. His name is Li Meng Cho, Financial Services Director at the Gen Group. And we are talking about the human life value and how to calculate it. And you were really passionate about it the last time we talked um, in the studio here, off air, by the way, because you say most people are just going through life and 
most people have some vague idea of how much they're worth, right? But then if you think about being in a car accident and how much you would expect from the other guy who caused the accident for causing you so much pain and disability, that's a good way to reframe it, right? Yes, yes. Because sometimes people measure their self-worth by how much money they have in a bank or where they stay or what assets they have. But when the bank lends you money, for example, you know, buy a house, you take a loan, they never ask you how much you have in your bank account. They might ask that, but that's not the reason why they borrow you money. They will ask, can I have proof of your employment? How many months, the last six months, and what's the income? And then they figure out how long more you can work. And based on that, they have a quantum that they can lend you. That is human life value in very practical terms. Oh, yes. Yeah, they will never lend you money just because you say, look, I have $10,000 in the bank. You say, no, that's, that's not important. Yeah, it always goes back to your ability to repay. And that is really what the human life value concept is all about. That's so interesting. <laughs> so most people are underinsured because they don't understand the human life value. And I'll say this, for the most part, even financial planners like myself, yeah. uh, when we do the calculation, we, there is no section for us to talk about the human life value. Really? Really. We talk about the loans, we talk about how much you want to give to your family, and then we insure to the minimum. That, yeah. w- that would be usually how you would see it. Oh. And I thought that there's another part, this part that is so underappreciated that people should recognize it because in real life, that's how people will value themselves. That is so fascinating. Yeah. What would you like to say to the young listener out there about protecting themselves with insurance and also maybe thinking about growing their financial wealth? Maybe for the, especially the younger ones, they tend to think of insurance as gambling. And what I would like to tell them is that there is a difference between gambling and insurance. Gambling is trying to win something that you wish you own. Insurance is to protect something you already own. So when you are young, you have the most value in terms of human life value. A person who's perhaps just retired, if they go to the bank to borrow money, the bank will say, I don't have much money to lend you because there's not many more years of you being able to work. There's no human life value to borrow from. Yeah, but for a young person, it's like the car that's brand new, you know, just at the showroom, just so it's the most valuable. Because you have all these years to work. Yes. And as a young person, you don't realise that because you feel poor. You You feel poor. You feel like 300 bucks is all you have (laughs) at the end of the month. Oh my gosh, that's if you give tuition or if you're in the army or something like that. You feel poor, you feel like you have no value, but you're saying the opposite. Yes, but that's a feeling I have when I speak to, let's say, a 20 two years talking about insurance, they will push me away. They say that's not important. The probability is low. I don't think that way. I try to get them to see that if something did happen yesterday, how much do they think they're worth today? If they were involved in an accident and no one was responsible, there's no one to seek compensation from. It goes back to how much insurance you have in place in your own personal risk management plan. Yeah, and this is especially important if you have older parents. You're a young person, you have older parents. Exactly, exactly. Because they depend on you to, you know, being able to work over the years and look after them. Yeah, so next time you know someone who's heading into NS and you know they're going to sit there and think, I'm going to go for the cheapest option because (laughs) I'm feeling poor. Talk to them about the human life value. And I think there are many calculators, right? Human life value calculators available. If you Google that, there are different forms. But I think all of them, I mean, if you're a normal working person in Singapore, you're worth at least a million dollars. No question asked. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming by today. It's been a terrific session. Lee Meng Cho, Financial Services Director from the Gen Group. Thank you. Thanks, Misha. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.